What's up guys, this is Corey and I'm just hitting you with the latest episode of the Stretch 4 and if you notice already, Martin's not here. That's because Charlotte, where we are located, got hit with a snowstorm and so because of that, we weren't able to link up like we normally do in order to record the podcast. So I'm just going to be coming at you real quick, not too long, just kind of go through a couple topics that been um that have been out there and give you my takes on them. I'm sure Martin will have his own and when we link up probably on um, later on this week we'll talk about them but um, you know I really want to start by getting into this um, this Kevin Durant statements and it's almost about a week old and I had some time to think kind of look at both sides of it and think about it where he was pretty much saying that the environment that LeBron creates just because of the circus around him is toxic and you know when I first heard it I was like you know this is just KD being KD and sensitive and everything else but then I thought about it it's a lot like um in the NFL with Tim Tebow um, now, Tim Tebow is not a good um, professional football player, not at quarterback. No, I, I've never thought that. But there was because there was so much hype around him and so much essentially baggage that went along with him. Teams just didn't want to deal with it for somebody who was essentially going to be a backup second or third string it was just too much and so teams essentially had to make their decision that look we weren't going to deal with them and now he's out there doing his baseball thing and I kind of think that for a, a you have to be a certain type of player to be successful playing with LeBron James um for instance, with um when LeBron was in um Miami it took Dwayne Wade to take, say, I'm going to take a back seat to LeBron James. And it took Chris Bosh to sacrifice his game to be the missing piece, to be the everything man for that team to be successful. Um, in the same sense, um, when he went back to Cleveland, it took... It, well, you know, Cleveland was a little different because Kyrie never deferred to LeBron. But LeBron adjusted his game to what would make Kyrie best. Now, Kyrie did give up some parts of his game, but I think they kind of had that mutual respect for it, um, for each other's game. Now, Kevin Love was the one who had the big sacrifice where he had to play that Chris Bosh role in which he had to sacrifice his game in order for the winning. So I do kind of see that. Um, I think LeBron's going on a new evolution of his game and and uh, with Los Angeles, and so we're kind of seeing how that's shaping out. And I think anybody who try to ru- tries to rush what they're going to be um, doesn't realize that these guys are looking at the long game. So um, I don't know if that's something where they think that they can get maybe two championships out of LeBron in a four-year deal. I don't know, but we'll see. Um, also, um, I'm not going to spend too much time on this. Man, the Bulls are horrible, man. Like, John Paxson should be locked up. <laughs> like, he's got to be a spy for a different franchise because the Bulls are just horrible. Um, the other thing that I want to look at is um, 
the Toronto Raptors and um, the Milwaukee Bucks and kind of those top four in the Eastern Conference real quick. Now, I'm not doing top four by the standings. I'm doing top four by the quality of the team. And so when I mention the top four, I mention the Raptors, Milwaukee, uh, Philadelphia, and Boston. Um, and I think Boston... You know, they got off to that slow start, but since then they've won five straight. And so it looks like they're starting to correct themselves. I still would like to see – it's weird that they started playing better when guys were out on injury. So I want to see them at full power and see how they're going to play. Now, Milwaukee's a little tricky because Milwaukee has been going through this thing where they have been – they started off dominating everybody, and then they kind of pulled back, and they haven't been, and they been kind of squeaking by teams and losing to some teams that they should clearly beat. And then they beat teams that are tough competition, like Toronto. Toronto, they've lost two straight, um, and it looks like I mean Toronto is just going to be tough because they're so deep. I always question deep teams in the regular season because we've seen that in the NBA, that bench needs to shorten up. So normally in the NBA, you usually go to a seven, maybe eight-man rotation in the playoffs. And I just don't know if the strength with the strength of that team being the bench, if that's going to hold up in the playoffs. But then again, you have Kawhi Leonard. Um, so that's always going to be a, a – a, a that's always going to be kind of your ace in the hole. Um, the Sixers, I think the Sixers are the Sixers have the potential of being a top two team in the East, but I think they have the experience of a four or five team. I mean, a three four team. So I think Sixers are going to end up battling out for that three um, for that three four position in the East, just because I don't I think their talent. Is good enough, but their experience is not. Um, looking at the West, um, Boogie Cousins. Boogie Cousins is supposedly making some starts in the G League, so that's going to be interesting because essentially you got the best team in the West getting a 25-12 guy. Um, now, granted, with um, Golden State, he's not going to average that, but it's going to be interesting to see how they adjust to um, Boogie Cousins and how Boogie Cousins' dominance is going to be there. OKC Thunder looking good because they are playing defense. Like, this is a defensive team, the OKC Thunder. And um, I think once Westbrook makes the, turns that final corner and, and alters his game slightly more, I think they're just going, they can be a top um, two, three teams. I don't think they're going to be maintain themselves in number two um, in the conference. But I think if Westbrook adjusts his game just a little bit more, they will. And if Robinson comes back and he's able to play defense at the level that he has been playing, I think that's going to be good. Um, the other team is the Lakers, man. People thought that LeBron couldn't turn this, I mean, couldn't do anything with this team, and they're a game and a half out of first place in the West. Now, granted, a game and a half out of first place puts you fifth in the West, but I still, I see this team making some noise. The only concern I have is their um, point differentials, only two points a game, um, and there's some teams that aren't even listed in the playoffs that have a better point differential. So um, it shows that they're winning tight games. 
um, but I would like to see some bigger spacing. Now, I do like the fact that they are looking at Trevor Ariza. Um, as we know, Houston had won 60-so games last year with Trevor Ariza. <sighs> Excuse me. Uh, with Trevor Reza last year, um, they let him go for free agency. He gets a $15 million deal with the Phoenix Suns. Um, and now there's talk that the Lakers want to acquire Trevor Reza in a possible three-team deal where um, um, KCP um, would be the player that the Lakers would get rid of um, and some draft assets would need to move. Um, it's interesting because... I kind of want to see the Sixers in on this deal. Um, and this is just because I think KCP is a 3 and D guy, and that's what the Sixers need. Um, but I do also know that we need some size, too. Um, also, the Timberwolves, man, it, it's, it's very rare that you will see a trade in the NBA where both teams actually worked out. I mean, both teams actually benefited from a trade. And it looks like that's what's going on with this Jimmy Butler, Covington, Sarge trade. It, it literally, Timberwolves have been playing good. They're 13-13. and 13. I think before the trade, they were somewhere in the area of like, I want to say 4-9 and nine or something like that. So... It's worked out for them. Obviously, the Sixers got what they wanted, so I think that's going to be good. And I'm still, oh, and real quick, just to get side, Lucas thinking Doncic. That dude is a monster, man. Elect, what was it, 11 points in... Uh, he went on an 11-0 run to end the game and single-handedly won the game. This dude is going to be... A superior talent in this league and is actually going to change the way NBA executives look at Euro players. Um, but you know what? I'm not, I, I promised I wouldn't go long today because obviously I'm a man down um, and I want to save some of this stuff for when we get together again so we can talk about some of these other topics. Um, thank you for listening. Thank you for your patience. Um, to the next one. Peace. This is Corey, and as always, I'm going to come in with the dirty work at the end of the podcast. Just remember to subscribe wherever you see podcasts that helps people get to subscribe and rate us because the rating also helps people get to see the podcast and they get to know that it's out there and we appreciate it. Also, if you get a chance, go to gigpodcasting.network. That is the website for the entire network of podcasts. And so you'll be able to see all the podcasts that we offer this one, as well as um, our um, Gig Essentials podcast, as well as the RPO podcast, Stretch for the Lamar and Corey show, as well as the Get Rip Guys one other thing we know that supporting the podcast is sometimes kind of hard everybody has financial issues but if you can't financially support the podcast by clicking on the link in the show notes then definitely go to gigpodcasting.network we have a number of affiliates that we've been gracious enough to work with click on their links it'll take you to their websites a lot of times give you special offers and it helps us and we appreciate it please help the people who are helping us until the next one peace